0: So the uh, title today is "It's All About the Heart." It's all about the heart. Romans two seventeen to twenty nine. Now last week we did "It's Not What You Know, But What You Do." We saw how as essential it is for us to uh, to um, to follow God's law. Remember we talked about following God's law, but the only way that's even remotely possible is through faith in Jesus Christ and by the. Po- power of the Holy Spirit. Where do we hear that? Book of Acts, right? Faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is the only way to do it. How did you do this week? How did you do with your transitioning this week from a polywog to a frog? All right. If you weren't here last week, go back and listen. Uh, that, that's our whole goal is to go from a polywog living in the mud, eating garbage, to you know, moving forward in our faith, being transformed by the Holy Spirit into a frog that can feed itself and get out of the mud and, and live a whole new life. So anyway, you got to listen to that one. All right, so uh, we're going to see Paul really drive this home today with it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Kim and I have been watching... Um, a documentary recently we just finished it about the, the latest Duggars you know the 19 and counting but they've had so many hard things happen and then the the one daughter just made a new one uh I can't remember what it was called but anyway it's it's so sad in many ways so many ways what's going on even this documentary was really sad but the main takeaway the saddest part involves Bill Gothard and his basic life principles Cult. you got to call it a cult. Uh, there's some good stuff with it, uh, some positives where he uses the Bible. I remember going to one of his conferences 40 years ago and, and thinking, there's some really good stuff here, but there's a lot of things that make me nervous, and, and it's because it, it, it goes beyond God's Word. It's good where he uses God's Word, but then he buried a lot of it under legalism under legalism, under man-made rules. And the main focus of, of his basic principles, uh, basic life principles, was outward behavior. They focused on the outward behavior uh, it, using a lot of fear and punishment, a lot of fear and punishment. And the results are you have a lot of wounded kids who now have grown up into be wounded adults. And many of them have left the faith because they only saw it as outward behavior, not the heart. They, they didn't get it. They, they, they didn't see the real heart of it. It reminds me of... Uh, Kind of what happened this week. Laurel and Johnny were out hunting bunnies, not to kill them, but to catch them. And and one of our our, our cat caught a little baby bunny, and they rescued a, this bunny from the cat before she could finish it off. And I know it's nature, right? But anyway, uh, they they brought it in and they set it up in the aquarium, and they you know we. My office became the veterinarian clinic, and they got the little bunny, and it was wounded, but I went out and got it some, you know, they set it up with water, and I went out and got it some dandelion leaves, and it was munching on them, I'm like, oh, he might live, because, you know, he's not hurt that bad. Next morning, I got him some more dandelion leaves, and he was munching them. I'm like, this thing might really survive, even though it had a broken leg I tell we're going to have to keep it forever, and all of a sudden, it just laid down and died. I was like, oh, Great. Now I gotta tell Laurel. So Laurel came running down to see her bunny. I'm like she goes, she goes, it's just sleeping. I go, no, it's not. It's not just sleeping. But it was so badly wounded that it couldn't survive. You know, but we're already onto the quail. It's okay. But uh, yeah, it, it moves quickly at our house. Believe me. And but but that that bunny reminded me reminded me of what happened to these kids in the Gothard system. And and what happens to so many? They get wounded because they they get wounded and they don't survive spiritually. And it's sad because they were never taught the real heart of Christianity. And, And the parents... Meant well. So many of these parents meant well, and there were some positives that came out of this. But but they they meant well, but they actually hurt the kids in many ways because the key is not this fear and punishment and outward behavior. A much better book that Kim and I found years ago, and it just was so helpful, called Grace Based Parenting. Grace Based Parenting, wonderful book. If you never read it, read it. You know, kids. uh, But but it's a whole different way of parenting. Grace. And that changes everything. Grace. Because the ultimate goal for us as parents, and ultimate goal for us, is to reach the heart. To reach the heart. And we're going to see that Paul stresses this today, that it's all about the heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship, the songs about your mercy and grace. And I, Father, I pray for every one of us. That, that you would touch our hearts, move us forward in our faith walk by your mercy and grace. And Lord, if anybody here has never put their faith in you, that today would be the day that they put their faith in Jesus and have a, a life transformation. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's start with the passage, Acts 2, verse 17. I'm going to use this. Here make sure I have the right translation here now you if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God. If you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, and I'm just going to mention this real quick. that He's talking to the Jewish people here, okay, especially the Jewish legalists. The Jewish legalists is who he's dealing with here. We already dealt with the Gentiles in Romans 1. Now he's dealing with the Jews in Romans 2, okay? Uh, verse 20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who have or idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. So then, if... Those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements. Will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. And here we go. A person is not a Jew who is one... Only outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical no a person is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by the written code such a person 's praise is not from other people but from God so we 're going to focus on the circumcision of the heart that 's the whole point of this passage here is the circumcision of the heart we'll go to verses 28 and 29 and just keep this one up here a person is not a jew who is one who is one only outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical no a person is a jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by the written code such a person's praise is from is not from other people but from god Okay so uh so circumcision of the heart now circumcision uh Jewish boys were circumcised at okay not exactly at birth Eight days, eight days old, right after they 're born, eight days old they were they were circumcised. That was commanded in the old testament law that 's when they cut the skin off of the the boy 's uh, sexual organ it's a, it's a, you know it 's very, very painful that 's why they did it when they were eight days old all right uh, it's a It was to be a picture of their difference from the pagan. Cultures, the pagan Gentiles, that was what it was to be a picture of. Remember we did the book of Joshua, those who were there for that one? Uh, we talked about how they, we went in depth about the whole picture of circumcision and what it's a picture of, but it was to be there different from the, gen, the pagan Gentiles, and it's also a type. A type is a picture, an Old Testament picture of a New Testament uh, fulfillment. And it was a type. It was uh, cutting away the skin is like removing the sinful flesh. That's what it was a picture of. It was a picture of holiness. You're cutting away the world. You're cutting away the sinful flesh. And and you're to be holy. You're to be different. The Jewish people were the ones that were circumcised. They were to be different. They were to be holy. Now, even Jewish adult. Converts. If someone was a, a Gentile and wanted to convert to Judaism, they were also commanded to be circumcised, even an adult. Uh, remember when Abraham was called by God, he, uh, and, and he was called and God made him be circumcised. And all the adults in, in the house, young, young, young people and the adults in the house, they were circumcised. Very, very painful. But it's a picture of the painful process. Of becoming holy. Why did God pick that? Nothing more painful. You know, I know that you've had a baby. Okay, I get that. Back. But this is even, you know, this could not rival that. <laughs> we always joke about, you know, guys don't understand. Well, if you're an adult you've been circumcised, you kind of, kind of do understand. It's really, really painful. Uh, and, and so it, it's, it's, but it's a painful process of becoming holy, cutting away of the world, Cutting the world away. That's what it's a picture of. Now, over time, that's why it was given. But over time, many Jewish people lost sight of the real purpose, which was a reminder of their holiness. And it was it, it was a, supposed to be an outward sign of an inward reality that their heart was following God now. That was what it was a picture of. But they stopped living holy lives. They just started seeing it as religion and not a relationship with God, and they started just depending on circumcision to make them right with God. They depended on circumcision to save them. They said, well, I'm circumcised. I can live any way I want. It doesn't matter. I'm okay with God. I'm circumcised. I'm a Jew, right? Uh, they, they, They missed the whole point. Does that remind you of anybody you know? Christianity today, right, Christianity in the u s today, many Christians today they think, well, I said the prayer, you know I, I, I prayed with Billy Graham, you don't remember Billy Graham, I got baptized, I pop into church now and then, uh, but but the life their life makes no, their life is no different than the world's right and and that 's just like what the Jews were doing. I remember hearing a speaker one time many years ago, Dawson McAllister, and he said, I'll never forget, he says, no change, no Jesus. No Jesus, no change. I never forgot that. You know Dawson, right? No, 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 no change, no Jesus. no Jesus, no change. And, and that's what has happened to so many in the church in the USA today, and, and that's what happened to the Jews. It's the same thing. Now, we can trace a lot of what happened in church history to this connection to circumcision and baptism. Did you know that? This same, there's a there's a connection point here in church history between circumcision and baptism. Now, here, here it is. The Bible clearly teaches that, that the believer baptism, that you believe and are baptized. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, and then you are baptized by immersion underwater, just like you saw in the video. That is the only form of baptism taught in the New Testament. We went through the book of Acts over and over again. That is what is taught, okay? But over time, a tradition developed where they started baptizing babies by sprinkling them, infant christening. That's a tradition that developed over many, many, many years you know, after the time of Jesus. It, it developed. Uh, and I'm not going to get into all that there, but but even more serious, they started to teach Many church, much of the church, not all the church, there's always been a faithful remnant to God's word. But they started to teach that you were saved by being baptized as a baby. That the baby being sprinkled saved that baby and now it's going to go to heaven. Babies don't need to be sprinkled. They're going to heaven anyway if they were to die. You know, Until the age of accountability, the Bible teaches babies go to heaven. But they were all so superstitious and paranoid, you've got to be baptized. They sprinkled them and they said that's when they were saved. They were saved by that. Uh, they thought they were saved by the baby being baptized. You talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? This is serious. And the result is that much of the church stopped teaching the need to be born again. Stop teaching it because, well, you're already saved as a baby. You don't need to be, have a spiritual rebirth, right? Uh, and, and so they stopped teaching that you... <clears throat> had to be born again. Or, or, or they had this confirmation class. And I know a lot of you have been through this. You, went, you were bathed, sprinkled as a baby and then you went to a class and you were confirmed at that time that confirmed, that, you're, that confirmed your salvation, right? This is heartbreaking because what this did is it robbed people of a personal faith. Confirmation for most kids doesn't mean much. Come on. I, I, I've heard it all, right? It doesn't mean much. They except they get gifts, right? Uh it, you know, I, I was at a, I was in um I was in college and in a, a College that did just did sprinkling of babies and and in confirmation Calvin College so of course right Calvin and and I was there and I was in a Bible study and I thought it was a everybody's Christians there Christian college but I'm in a Bible study with them and and I remember the Bible study leader he was our R D of the dorm and he said well you know when were you born again and most the guys, kids looked at with a blank stare. Like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean? I was sprinkled and confirmed, you know." And 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 they didn't had no concept of a personal faith in Jesus Christ. I'll never forget. He talked to me. He was because he, I told, said, "When I was born again, I knew." And he came up. He said, "Chuck, did you believe that? These what are Christian college? These kids aren't saved." They don't even know what it means. I was like, it was horrifying. That, that is the, the sad part. And a, and a dangerous theology was developed from this. That It was really invented from this, that, which is nowhere in God's word anywhere. You've got to really do some hermeneutical backflips, gymnastic backflips to get to this. But it connected circumcision with infant baptism. This is a whole theology out in much of the church today. And, and it says that, well, well, we, the Jews had circumcision, but now the Christians were giving baptism and, and sprinkling, just as you, you circumcise this Baby, then now you have to sprinkle the baby in the New Testament, and it's it's all connected. Somehow they connected that too. And and the it, the result, the Old Testament to the New Testament, circumcision to baptism, and the same sad result came about from it. Many Christians now, just like the Jews, missed the whole point because of circumcision. Many Christians and and the USA today missed the whole point. I'm not saying you can't be born again if you've been if sprinkled as a baby. I, I know many of my friends who were, did that and I haven't been able to talk them to baptism, real baptism yet, but, but they're born again. They put their faith in Christ. They're born again. I know many, uh, but the vast majority of people in churches that, that do christening of the babies, the vast majority of them are not born again. The vast majority. And don't forget, Jesus said, and we saw this last week in John chapter 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. And a lot of these people in these churches, i talk talked to them, they say, well, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm just not a born-again Christian. I go, well, <laughs> you know, there's no such thing. You must, and I always say, you must be born again. Jesus said it. And when Jesus said, you must be born again, he was talking about a spiritual birth. Just as you were born physically at one time, now you have to be born spiritually. There, the word literally in the Greek means to be born from above. There has to be a time in our life where, where we, we, we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, in John 3, 16, Jesus uh, followed up that you must be born again. He says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth believes in I'm putting a different version there. Okay, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how we are born again by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. When we say God, I believe you loved me enough to send your son jesus to die on a cross to pay for my sin he was perfect he was your son he said i'm here to die for you he died on the cross three days later he rose from the dead and said if you will put your faith in me your sins will be forgiven because i took them on the cross i was your substitute i ransomed you i gave my blood to wash you clean we must all be born again by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, and as soon as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the very next very important step is to be baptized the great commission jesus the last thing he said in the Great Commission, I hope you all know the great commission matthew twenty eight eighteen where he says Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Make disciple and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Discipling them baptizing nothing about baby but, uh, you know, uh, book of acts all immersion believers right uh, but but it's very important that we are baptized and we're going to see in romans 6 when we get to romans 6 sometime uh, we're going to see that uh th- this is a public witness a public witness when you are born again when you put your faith in jesus you are the holy spirit comes in and makes you a new person but people can't see what you did but when you're baptized you're showing people On the outside, what has already happened on the inside? You go under the water and you come out again showing that you died to your old self and you came alive with Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important. If you've never been baptized as a believer, you are missing an awesome experience. You are missing the Holy Spirit just filling you in a special way. I don't want you to miss it. Uh, you can still go to heaven without it, but you're, you're, why? Why would you want to miss out? You know, the second best thing. The first is putting your faith in Jesus. Next thing is baptism. I can't describe it. Everybody who's been baptized says the same thing. Wow, wow! It just something happens. August thirteenth. Talk to me if you're interested. Okay, but listen, <clears throat> baptism does not save us, but we are baptized to show that we are saved that we are forgiven of our sin, that we are new in Jesus Christ. And, and But that's why it's so sad that many churches teach baptizing babies saves them. That's why it's so sad. We, you're not saved by the baptism. You're saved by putting your faith in Christ. So that's what makes me so sad to see so many churches teaching that the baptizing of a baby is saving them. They're making the same mistake that the Jews morphed into with circumcision same mistake that the Jews had made they th- they think the baby baptism saves them just as the Jews started thinking all you need is circumcision you see the connection it's the same thing but verse 28 to 29 uh uh, uh, uh Uh, 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 Yeah, verses 28 and 29. Um, They're making the same thing that they think the baby baptism saves just like circumcision. Verse 28, a person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from other people, but from God. It's not an outward act that saves us. Circumcision, sprinkling, that's not what saves us. Like like either one doesn't save us. It's an inward act of the on the heart by the Holy Spirit. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that's what saves us. It's not an outward circumcision. It's not outward sprinkling. It's by putting our faith in Jesus Christ that our heart is circumcised, that we become a new person in Jesus Christ. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you taken that step? John three sixteen. I don't even have to show the words. I probably should know this one, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And the word for believe in the Greek means to put your complete trust in. doesn't mean to just know something in your head. It means to put, it's a heart issue, to put your complete trust in. Depend on what Jesus did for you to make that decision. Say, I don't want the sin anymore. I repent of the sin. I want Jesus. I put my faith in him to forgive me and make me right with your, God the Father. That is that that is putting our faith in Jesus. Has the Holy Spirit circumcised your heart? Has have you allowed him to cut out the sin, to cut out the sinful flesh, to cut out the world's garbage? Have you repented and and, and allowed him to circumcise your heart? Are you ready to be born again by faith in Jesus Christ? Are you ready for a real baptism? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And then you are immersed, baptized under the water to show what has happened in your heart. Are you ready to take that step? We're going to pray in just a few moments. You can take that step this morning. And Christians, for Christians too, I'm going to say this, that the Holy Spirit's work does not end at salvation. A lot of Christians are, I prayed that prayer, I'm all set, I'm going to move on. No, 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 no. Circumcision of the heart happens at salvation But then it continues the the circumcision process. The salvation's done, but what goes on and on and on and on is our sanctification, our holiness. When God makes us holy, he sanctifies us. He sets us apart. That is, positionally, we're given that at salvation, but practically it's a lifelong process where God is going to keep working in our heart. And it takes daily surrender. It's not a one-time thing. It's daily surrender. It's daily death to self. You've heard that sermon before. If you talk to Chuck too long, Harrison, death to self. It's saying, God, and I, I have to pray this every day, constantly. God, your purpose, your glory, not what I want, not what I want to accomplish, not what I want to see happen, but God, what is your purpose? Here in my life or in this situation, what is your purpose? What would glorify you? That constant daily surrender. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify our hearts? We've already put our faith in Jesus. He's done the cutting. But are we allowing him to surgically remove ongoing battle with flesh and sin and, and, and the strongholds in our life? It's a constant battle. It's a, it doesn't end to the, the day. People, some people say, well, when do, I, when do I arrive? I go, when you're done breathing. When we get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. It'll be done, finally. Right? But not till then. It, it reminds me of what uh, on the farm, we used to have a problem with cows, and uh, they would, <clears throat> the cows would get these bumps on their backs. Some of you might remember the, my story on the grubs. They get these bumps on their back, and we never quite knew how they got there. But now, now, we know they were from the from the bot flies, from the bot flies. And the bot fly would land. If you ever see a fly with a red head land on your arm, kill it. All right, just you know, they they don't usually bother people because we usually you know, swat them away. But they would land on the cow. And they would drop their eggs into, into onto the cow, and then they would have these little like larvae would squirm down through the, into the skin and under the skin, and they would dig down in, and then they would start to grow, and we call them grubs. They would grow into these like these grub creatures right underneath underneath there and then they would over time they'd finally get big enough that that bump would get bigger and bigger and bigger and and it would emerge it would emerge out this this grub that would then drop on down into the gutter into the manure and it would morph into a, a bot fly and reproduce all over again it, it, people say are there aliens yes they're called bot flies right uh, everybody's arguing about aliens now yes i've seen them these are these things look like aliens uh They would reproduce and we hated these things. We hated these grubs and what they did to the cows. The cows would have like 10 grubs on their backs, you know, we'd be watching and, and, and so we tried to, uh, pop them out, pop them out and kill them. But it was tricky. I got very good at it. I I was—I got to say—I was very good at it. You had to look for the—you had to look for the bumps. But you had to wait until they actually exposed their 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 head. You had to let—they had to like break through the skin. There'd be a bump, and then you'd see this little head starting to come out. This this grub's head, and then you would pop it. Teenagers, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You put your hands underneath, and you. Pop it, and out would pop this grub, and he'd land on the cement, and we'd stomp on him. You know, oh, that's a good feeling. He just hated these things, right? But the timing was everything. The timing was everything. If you did it too early, teenagers know what I'm talking about. If you did it too early, and you we and you, we're all involved by in teenagers, if you squeezed it before it was really ready to come out, it would just mash it inside of it. It would kill it. And then it would create an infection and start to spread. And then you had to deal with an infection in, in in the cow, right? But if you waited too long, you'd come out the next day to pop it and it'd be gone. It'd be already, you know, getting ready to reproduce somehow. You know, the grub would be growing in the gutter somewhere. So you had to have just the right time. And that's the key is you say, why am I telling such a crazy story? Here it goes. Uh, the, it's just like our strongholds. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God knows how to deal with the strongholds in our life. You can't deal with everything all at once. Think of the thousands of things that God has had. If you're older in Christ, you know, I'm talking about all the things God had to work on. What if he dumped that all on you the day you put your faith in Jesus? Right? Or at baptism. great? Baptism. Now, boom, deal with it. You know, it'd be horrible. We couldn't do it. It's hard enough, right? And so God knows when to expose and when it's time to go, when, some, when it's time for something to go. But the key is when God does start to show us the stronghold, don't ignore it. Because if you ignore it, it's going to fester just like that pop grub inside. It's going to spread a spiritual infection. We have to deal with it when it's exposed. And, but then we have to say, God, please remove this. Once it's we see the bump forming, God, please remove this, surrender it, go to god 's mercy throne of god 's grace for his mercy and grace, ask for him help, and get some help yeah, yeah, get turn turn to someone else that can lend a hand you know dealing with the with the stronghold in your life to help you to, to help you battle it because most of the time when there's a real stronghold life, we need someone pastor you know pastor 's wife. Christian counselor, another Christian brother or sister, you know, who's gone through and you can trust and you can share. It's really important to, to get some help with something because uh, it, they're strong, they're called strongholds for a reason, footholds for a reason. You know, Paul talked about that. It, it, it's strong. And, and also there's just something when the Bible says confess your sins one to another. There's something about breaking the power of a secret sin. There's just something about it. When we finally confess that secret sin to somebody, and and uh, you know if we if we just want to get a little bit of relief from something we confess it to God, but if you really want to get freedom we confess it to God and somebody. If you really want to break the power of something, really important, very very important. Uh, so I encourage you to get your freedom in Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, get your freedom in Christ. Let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How is is God convicting us of something that needs to be broken, that we need to be set free of? Maybe something's been tormenting us and we've been letting it go. Would you pray, say, God, I surrender this. And no matter if that's enough, great. But if there's someone I need to to turn to for spiritual encouragement and accountability, I'm going to do it. Whatever it takes, I want to break this stronghold. I want to let you break this stronghold. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us about what in our life needs to be circumcised in our heart? would you commit to really praying about this and even praying with somebody? And I'm, I'm always available. There's a prayer team at afterward. We're always available. While we're praying about that, I want to talk to anybody here who's never been born again. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ and been born again. But you've heard the Holy Spirit speaking that you must be born again. And now you know what God's word says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you ready to take that step of faith? You can do it right now wherever you are. If you're sitting here, you're out in your car somewhere, wherever you are. It's a prayer of faith. You don't need anybody or anything. It's between you and God. The prayer of faith. God, I repent of everything in my life that goes against your will for me. That goes against your word. Every sin, I repent I don't want the garbage. I don't want the shame. I don't want the addictions. I don't want the bondage anymore. I want freedom in Jesus Christ. I repent. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. My trust in his death for me on the cross. My trust in his resurrection from the dead. To give me a new life. I give you my life. you have prayed that prayer of faith then you have been born again. You now have the Holy Spirit living in you and your life will never be the same. You won't be able to go back to the garbage anymore. You won't enjoy it. It's going to be empty. Because you're a brand new person in Jesus Christ, a new creation in Christ. The Bible's going to come alive to you, and I just want to encourage you to tell somebody today. Maybe you have a family member or friend here. Maybe tell me on the way out. Call somebody when you get home. Let somebody know you put your faith in Jesus so so someone can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out on each of us. The Holy Spirit and the fire of the Holy Spirit. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.